Yo, have you heard of LinkedIn Learning? If you haven't, LinkedIn Learning is an American massive open online course provider. It provides video courses taught by industry experts in a variety of subjects. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because Living Corporate is in partnership with LinkedIn Learning to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion courses. Listen, if you're trying to be a better ally, you want to understand better diversity, equity, inclusion strategies, or you just want to learn how to be a better leader, you got to check out the courses on LinkedIn Learning. So check it out. You can do it one of two ways. You can click the link in the show notes or you go to LinkedIn Learning and you search Living Corporate again. Link in the show notes or go to LinkedIn Learning and search Living Corporate. I'll see you over there. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Access Point. And we have a very, very, very esteemed guest with us today. Um, so just, just before we start, I'd like to introduce the Access Point. Second, the Access, I'm sorry, the Living Corporate. Living Corporate is a writing and podcast platform dedicated to exploring and celebrating underrepresented identities in corporate America. We are an early to make career consulting who came together based on our shared ideas to have a frank conversation about the ways we exist, survive, and succeed in corporate spaces. As a collective, we represent a broad spectrum of beliefs, cultural identities, and we know that our differences have shaped our perspectives and experiences in corporate America. We want to engage with other voices that often go unheard and have our conversations out loud. Living Corporate is for anyone who wants to have these conversations with us and push, us, push the needle forward on how we can create and sustain spaces that truly affect inclusiveness. And so as we have our very esteemed guest today, let's talk more about the access point. Uh, welcome to the access point where is the part of the Living Corporate Network. The Access Point is our weekly web show. We strive to bring you a real talk with, that will prepare you for the workforce. While our content is for everyone, we're focused on preparing black and brown individuals, such as yourself, for future of work. Each week, we'll have an incredible guest to discuss the topics at hand. And this week, we have my mentor. This is very important. This is my mentor. Uh, we have Mrs. Yolanda Adams. Please talk to the people, Mrs. Yolanda Adams. <laughs> much Brandon. Um, so I'm delighted to be here. I will tell you that I have been called Yolanda Adams more than once, but <laughs> as soon as that joyful noise comes out, people know it's not the right Yolanda Adams. So hats off to Yolanda Adams, who is an amazing gospel singer, and yes, uh, and I will not try to emulate her. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I am so glad to be here today. Uh, there is an opportunity, when there is an opportunity presented, I feel like it's my opportunity to use this platform to share the knowledge that I have. That's who I am. Uh, I am a long-tenured HR professional. I have a 20-plus year career in Fortune 50 and tech companies. Currently, I am employed with the largest PRM organization in the world. And I work as an employee success business partner. And as a business partner, my responsibility is to increase the effectiveness of the organization through ensuring leaders and managers and employees are equipped to do their jobs. Um, one other thing, uh, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a friend, 
I'm a black woman in America, and I am smart, I am confident, I am bright, I am bold. And these are the words I myself and no one else believes it. I know that I believe it. So, um, why did I say yes to the access point? Here's some feedback, Brandon. Is that me with the feedback? No. Okay. Uh, so, why did I say yes to the access point invitation? It really is uh, an opportunity to share what I know, what I see in the workplace every day. And so I want to be able to share some of those uh, experiences, not knowledge and learning back to you and hope that folks will be able to accelerate and not have to make the same mistakes that we make. So that's why I'm here. Okay. We, we, we greatly appreciate you coming, right? So our topic this week, for those that don't know, is uh, how to build effective relationships. And so, um, you know, when you when you talk about relationships, right, um, you don't know what, sometimes you don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know who you're going to meet and how you're going to meet them. And so I met uh, Mr. Yolanda Owens. I met her through my wife, actually. So that she's her, that's her aunt, and we got married, and I was introduced to the family, and I was accepted into the family. So everything was was great and great and great. So found out, um, I, I call her Kay. So I, it's, it's kind of hard. For me. It's okay. So I met Kay, and we uh, talked about jobs, and we talked about career paths, and um, she just over the years, um, you've been my mentor. And that's what's really been helping me just, you know, throughout my professional career. So I, I, we had a the show last week, we talked about mentorship and um, how to have a mentor that is inside your business and have a mentor that's outside your business, that's personal. And so uh, Kay Rhonda is my personal mentor. And so you've been a, a very big help. So when we talk about building relationships and how to maintain those effective relationships, um, how would you say somebody that's starting off, right? How would they first go about it? So thank you, Brandon. Um, thanks for accepting my auntie mentorship. Uh, <laughs> for those of you that probably wondering who is Kay, that's the alter ego, the girl from Kilgore. And uh, <laughs> if you are calling me Kay, you are also my family. So I appreciate your acknowledgement. Uh, one of the things that I will say is where do you start every day when you wake up? If you are in a position to where you can say hello to someone, that person could be a potential network connection for you. But on a more practical path, when you think about building relationships through work, I would encourage you to, number one, be open to different ideas, different cultures, different perspectives, and just ask people to, you know, if you see that they know something, ask them how they learn that. And so when people see that you have an authentic interest in who they are, they typically find a way to want to pour back into you. So getting started really is not, I will say, don't self-select out. If people don't want to talk to you, they will not talk to you. But if you want to talk to them, you should pursue that. And so I think from there, we build good relationships. And another thing that I say about now, building relationships is relationships are sometimes forever, they're sometimes seasonal, and you're going to use those relationships, but be honest, be authentic, be clear on what you want, and before you engage with someone, make sure that you know what you're going to be asking for so that you don't waste so much time. 
and it leads me to my next question of um, just on a personal level, I'm an introvert, right? So mm-hmm. speaking out to people and trying to make that first initial conversation is very hard to me. It feels like the weight of the world's on my shoulder, right? So my next question is how hard is it for us, the people to, such as myself that are introverts, to go out and just make that first initial connection? And so in my to follow up to that is what can one do who is an introvert break out the shell and talk to with more people? Okay, so oftentimes we think of shyness, uh, introversion means that we're not comfortable engaging. And oftentimes that is what people are feeling, but also extroverts sometimes feel like that they're not comfortable when they engage. So I think it's a matter of confidence. If you recognize and feel or information or something that the person's doing that's interesting, interesting to you, use your introverted way to connect with them. Maybe it's, you know, asking for a quick minute, just one-on-one so that you don't have to have that conversation publicly. I myself, I am not an introvert. Um, <laughs> I also have to, I have to meter that as well because when I'm trying to build a connection, if I go out all, you know, all of me, some people can't take it. So you just have to like measure the situation. And then I would encourage you to get that person's attention, ask if they can have a two or three minutes of your time do the introduction and see where it goes from there. I don't want people to think that relationships are better if you're extroverted. Sometimes we're noisier. And typically, opposites attract. So there is something that's complementary to you and that person that you're interested in speaking with. And just really leverage that. So when you say opposites attract, right? I know the age old, you know, like for my wife is, is, She's an extrovert, a social butterfly. I'm more of the homebody introvert, right? So it works, that dynamic works. I've always told her that she is the um, spokesperson for our relationship, right? Because she she the face and go out, go out and talk to people. I'll take care of the background background stuff. You know, we're, I can Tina without the abuse. That's, that's stuff. <laughs> so, and so, so when you say you meet them, so you talk to the people, you make the initial uh, connection, you say about two, three minutes of your time, what should those two or three minutes consist of? Um, first introducing somebody. Okay, so it should, if you're trying to get someone's attention because they have something you want, you really should have your elevator pitch buttoned down. Okay. Um, who you are, what you are, why you are, and what you need from them, and what you can do for them. So not only make it a asking, taking the situation, but be willing to offer what you can be back, be uh, to that person or what you can provide them. So um, elevated pitches are really interesting. Oftentimes I'll ask people, what's your profession? What do you do? And there is this long preamble and then you kind of go over the river and through the woods and you never really understand or I've stopped looking. And most of us don't listen very long, especially as adults. Our fan is like macro nanoseconds. But mm-hmm. we've got to be really quick to catch, you know, people's attention. Like I'm really hoping people are paying attention now, or am I boring them? Let me speak, let me pick it up and do something different. So right. that's really what's important. Okay, so now I I know um, this may be just a it may be just a little off, but then I'm, I'm gonna take it right back, right? Okay. So I know we talked about um, our resumes, right? You need to tailor your resume to whatever job that you're going with, right? So should you do the same with your elevator speech or should you have a one consistent elevator speech? 
I think you need to have an authentic message that you're comfortable conveying. If you're switching up your elevated speech every time you meet somebody, they're probably going to be confused if they start talking about, oh, I met Brandon, and he said he did da-da-da-da, and they say, oh, he told me this. There might be some questions about who Brandon really is. Gotcha. I think, unlike a resume, the elevator pitch allows you to ask for what you want in a more informal way. You know, you might not want the same thing every time, but your core being is who you are. And I really think authenticity is so important while you guys are, while you're building your, your brand, building your network, so that people know who to expect, because you're going to go and tell someone else about you. And you want them to tell the message that's going to show up the next time. Because if you start changing up all the time, you start forgetting what you do, what story you told to what person, which, and then you've got to make. So I really think being very succinct. And, you know, your ass might be different, but your core who you are is is probably going to be a very similar. Okay. So you made the elevated speech and you talked to individuals. Should you be, should you, if somebody decides to turn you down and say, I, I don't want to work with you, I don't want to build their rapport and build their relationship, right? Um, should you keep pursuing? Should you stop? Like, take a time off the break? Like, what should you do? I think you should, number one, honor that person's position um, and say, hey, listen, I realize it's not now, but maybe can I reach back out to you in a few months? So you can ask them for a future reach out. And if they say absolutely no, leave it alone. But what's for you will be given to you. So I don't think you have to like chase down contacts, chase down connections, because there are so many people that are willing to just make themselves available to help support you in your effort. So if they say they're not, you know, you know, a perfect example is people that get into multi-level marketing. They have to know when they, when they can ask a question and they get the no, and they ask a question, they get the no. Some people are good at overcoming rejection. They'll keep going and ignoring what you think. It might not be the best thing for every situation, but it works for some. I think you would definitely have to just kind of like measure the environment and what you're asking. So you don't want to be a new, you want to be inviting and you want to be much you want. Okay. So you made this you made your elevator speech. Somebody said, hey, I want to work with you. Let's build the relationship. We got the relationship going, right? Um, how often should you communicate with that person? Should it, if, if some people may require weekly, some people require daily, some people require once every two weeks to pitch in once a month. So in, in your experiences, when you build those types of relationships, especially uh, professional relationships, how often do you keep in contact with these individuals? Um, it really just depends. Uh, I will say that most of my relationships that I have developed over the years have stayed in state and state. We make, I, I have a core group of people, like my top eight, top 10 people that I know are able to help me move my career forward or help give me some personal mentorship. I talk to them once, well, some of them I don't talk to them once or twice a year. Um, others I talk to more frequently. It just depends on the factor of the relationship. But I will tell you, um, like I have a, a, an attorney friend, a friend who's an attorney, and we read books together. I hadn't talked to her but one time since COVID started, she reached out and she said, let's catch up. 
we get on the phone, on the Zoom call, we have this conversation, great conversation. It was great. I probably won't talk to her for two or four months, but she knows that I'm always there. And you know, and it's followed up with that. Thanks for that time. It's great catching up. And I took it a step further this time. I wrote an old-fashioned thank you card for her time. It's like the appreciation of our relationship. And so therefore, it's just even more solid. So I do believe that following up with people, if you've asked them to do something for you, you need to set the expectation of when you can, you would like them to respond and see if it works. And then you need to honor that by making sure that you do all the things that you need to do in order to make sure that person feels like their time is spent. But, you know, it just, it just really depends. And I know it depends. It's not a good answer, but everything's situational. But I will right. tell you that you don't have to talk to people every day. Talk to people when you have something new to add or different. Very, very good. And, and, see, and see, what I've learned over my years is just interacting with so many groups of individuals from all walks of life that I don't really need to interact with you or talk to you every day you know okay. I've, I've built a relationship i built relationships with, with lifelong friends that we don't talk every day we don't talk every moment or once a month maybe but when we do talk and we do converse it's like we never left it's like the, it's like the conversation stopped starting with the last place we left off and we're just going from there um so you said you know as, as long as you honor your the commitment that you have for the relationship or how you want to talk so we have these uh now we're talking about the communication stage of, of the relationship right should you lay, should you lay your heart out day one and say this is everything that's going on with me yeah i'm an open no. book should you be conservative should you be too conservative should you open up a little bit see if they open up you know and see how that dynamic plays out so in your experience um how should those first couple of days start off and the next couple of weeks and months and years and how, how should those or typically how do those, those play off? Yeah, you're like years, like I've been living for a hundred years, years. Um, <laughs> so I will tell you this. Um, nobody wants to be great by the new friendship. So <laughs> you need to measure and manage your message. Um, why would you tell a stranger everything about you? Some people see that as being very open. The recipient could see that being lack of judgment or they could see it as freedom. It could be perceived so many ways. I think if you're thinking about a work situation, I'm going to say less is more, a lot, especially initially. And as you grow into the relationship, when you start needing to connect with your colleagues deeper, hear a little bit, here's the deal. You got to be able to trust people with your information Absolutely. and your ability to be discerning and what, seeing how people use that, use information. That's really what you can expect from your information. So if they're telling you about Joe over there at Department A, guess what? They'll probably be telling someone about Brandon in Department B. So you can learn a lot by what people tell you. So I, I would definitely suggest that you are measured. As open as I am, they don't need to know everything is get a dog. If you don't have a dog, they're great to talk about. You've got your son, talk about your kid. There are some safe topics to talk in the workplace. You know, sometimes we want to go in politically. Oh, but you know what? It's like 
Yeah. yeah. One thing you always stay away from in in, in workforce workplaces politics and religion. Those are yeah. those are very touchy topics, and you'll get the you'll get well, some very very opinions. But I I will tell you I have um, just pushed the envelope over the last few years. Where when I hear something crazy or I think it's crazy, I just call it like that is crazy. And so of course you have to have that um collateral to do that right so people so you you know when i when you say something to me about i'm like so just want to measure those relationships and measure who do you give your information to everybody don't need to know everything right so now i have a split question right so that i want to talk about two sides of, of a point that you brought up, right? So we built a relationship with a certain individual. I'm, I'm working with Kay, we're doing a great job, we're communicating, having a good time at the workplace, right? At what point does the, let's say professional life now becomes personal, but it's you no know, like friendship personal. As in, um, I'm discussing with you after, like, I have friends that I talk to outside of work. That, that I work with, we have our own personal relationship and have our own conversations, right? But we built that over time. So we were in the workplace, we're talking professionally. Now it's, hey, we built a relationship. Hey, let's go have a beer or something after hours. Hey, let's go hang out at the mall and go catch a movie together or do some, do some sort of activity together, right? So at what point do, does it take for a person to take that business relationship and make it invite them into your own personal life? Like, hey, come to the house, we're having a birthday party or things like, you know what I'm things like that. So people that you really can, uh, you get a sense, you have a discerning gut, heart, this kind of business that I, you know, I have friends, some of my best friends today are people I work with in the past. Our relationships became more uh, connected after work simply because of the nature of the work. When you go to, you know, where you work and the one's not, it's just too many questions for people to ask. So um, I will say that when you're comfortable, but everyone doesn't need to come. And, you know, I was reading this book. It was by, um, oh, Tiffany Haddish. And she, her autobiography, her memoir, Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of the name. When she talks about when she was invited, when her friend was invited to a marriage party, and they went to come along. And the response, reaction, response was, who is she? And does she have to lose? So she was like, what do you mean? She said, do you have anything to lose? So you can put people in the space that you're in in a way that if you have something to lose, they're going to be more cautious about how they act. They're going to be more responsible. Typically, if you have to lose, you're not going to go and blow up your whole career by a crazy night with your parents. So just so I took that to say, do they have anything to lose? And if people around you are reckless and they don't have anything to lose, they probably shouldn't be coming to your house and in your inner circle. Right, right. Yeah, right. Uh, unicorn book. I think of the name, but y'all know Tiffany. Right. right, yeah, of course. Right. Um, so now, um, and now the second part to that is the other side, right? We we built a relationship and everything is going good, and we fall out for whatever reason, right? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure your experience, you've had people that you fell out with over time, right? So how how does that go about, right? So you fell out, we're not talking anymore, or we, our, our conversations are, are less frequent or not more personal, they're just more straightforward, right? So how how have you dealt with those types of relationships? Well, for this one, for me, it's uh, it's different because I really don't fall out with people and stay out with people. I kind of like say what I need to say, you have that exchange, and people that really know me and I'm a heart can live through it. People that don't know me, they might be offended. And, I, and not that I go in with offense, I have to go in from a perspective of Here's what it's working in this relationship. But I've actually had some conversations like that. Like, what do we want to be? Do we want to be friends? Do we want to be associates? We got it because, and I define what friendship means to me. And this is what I do in a friendship. That's what I'm looking back, looking for in return. So I do believe that if you are willing to forgive people, you can help build relationships back, but it doesn't mean that because you forgave them that you forgot, nope. And just because you forgave them, you start over. Sometimes it's just absolutely to move on. And so I will say from that perspective, you know when that is, when it becomes harder to be in the relationship with friends or not. So I'm not a therapist, but I'm just talking from real experience. But And I just try to speak with other people. I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't hold on to stuff. I kind of my personality. I kind of feel what it is. Like, what are you mad about? You moved on. <laughs> right. Who wants the next thing? Yeah, I'm off that. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And so, what what has been your longest um, look since graduating college? We're not going to say when. Well, since graduating college, I can pick at you. I'm sorry. Since graduating college from University of North Texas, right? To go to going into your career and 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 meeting all types of people, right? What has been your longest uh, relationship that you've had or that you've developed with somebody? Oh, so since college? Since college. Uh, The two of the girls that I've met doing freshman orientation at the University of North Texas in 1987, Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, those two ladies we met during that time we became friends over time. We have remained friends. These are friends that I don't talk to every day. We were talking about those relationships. We mm-hmm. can call each other and pick up right where we left off. I have a special experience happening in my life. They show up. They have special things in their lives. I show up. So we have a very solid friendship. And those are my college friendships. It's about five people. Um, I have childhood friends. I don't know how many people still have childhood friends, but I have three I really childhood friends that we have even grown, grown closer as adults as we've shared our lives and experiences. That's really where we are. And then I have a lot of professional friends. So people that I work with, that I've worked with, I, I know. I don't know. So, but there are things I have to with them. Yes, you know uh, quite a lot of people. I've, I've, I've learned that over the years, like, like not just you, but just your, your sisters, and just like, wow, how do you know this many people? Let's, let's take that, though. It's not how many people you know. It's like, how many people know you? 
And that's like the most astonishing thing. <laughs> everybody knows you guys, everybody. And, you know, talking to my mother-in-law, it was like, she knows a lot of people. It was like, but she can actually, but she calls people all the time. She talks to them all the time. And I realized that that's how she builds her relationship by talking to somebody every day and just building that rapport with them every day. It's like, I think one of my cousins have told me they've never met a stranger. And I, I've, I've always found that fascinating, but I've realized that like, just being around you guys, that you've never met a stranger. Yeah. You, you go to a function and you you just immediately talk to people, just get mixing and mingling, talking to people. What do you do? How do you do this? Uh, I have this going on. You want to come? And it's like, wow, you're just adding people to your, your I don't want to say that repertoire, but what's that word I'm looking for? To your role? Network. Network. I'll say Rolodex, but network, yes. Yeah. Um, do I have any more questions? I think I do. Okay, I do have a good question, right? So okay. now since we're in the, the, the global pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, can't talk to anybody and, you know, especially the, the face-to-face -face communications are not now hard, right? So since all, uh, mostly all social engagements are digital now, it usually happened first and usually happen first, especially like during Zoom and um, during crowdcast, things like that, especially during the pandemic. How does one stand out amongst that prayer group when it comes to, this is mainly more geared towards more younger individuals that are just starting off and they don't have that, that person they can build their relationship with. So how can they talk to people while in a pandemic in, in, in the digital age? So you mean like get other mentoring or I've seen people that do their onboarding online. So mm -hmm. and people digitally and, you know, I've always said face-to-face -face and, and, and talking to somebody is way better than email and text and, um, and picking up a phone sometimes. But having that face-to-face -face with somebody is very important, right? Especially when you build their rapport and build their community. Yeah. There's only so much you can do via email be um be a webcam and things like that. So how can somebody get to the on in the digital age now we're all at home and working, how can we build their relationship with other people and other coworkers um in that sense? Okay. So I think there number one, we need to learn and appreciate Zoom etiquette. So you know there's a lot that goes on and it's hard to stay engaged. We spend all day, every day, from morning to night on Zoom calls, you know, working. But, and I'm actually going through an onboarding experience right now, remotely with a new company. And so what I have found is when you get on these meeting calls where you don't get the level of getting to know people, come on the meeting a little early. Maybe there'll be someone there that you can just introduce yourself to. Or as people are doing introductions, typically there is an introduction to the new group. Write down what people are saying. And if there's something that interested you about one of the participants, reach back out to them so you can build your network. Um, look for commonalities. I mean, this, you know, it's the same way that we used to get to know people. We just have changed it to a digital platform. And so I really do think that as long as you show up a little bit early, you know, get your mic working, be able to talk to folks on the room, that's a good snap. Because sometimes it's you and the presenter 
and the presenter will have information that they will be offering to you as a person sitting there, and that's how you start building your platform. So that's what I would suggest. Okay, very good answer. Okay, and I do have another question as well too. Um, so we've talked about uh, the, the the positives of uh, well, as, as, as before we get talking about the aspect right let's talk about the positives of, of having an effective relationship with somebody right what what are benefits of having a relationship with somebody just getting to talk to them and and in the workspace like what, what what benefits do you see from it um i think it increases your confidence uh everyone wants to know that someone understands their position or can relate to what they're talking to i think it builds your presence so the more people you engage with in a meaningful way, they will typically remember you when there are meaningful opportunities. I think that's super important. I think everyone needs to get to know their HR person. I mean, for real. Yes. I'm not saying this as a joke. I'm saying this as for real. You know, your HR professional in your company is probably at the place of uh, the highest level of influence indirectly by asking a question about something that could benefit you. So get to know that person. And they also will give you some little bit of wisdom on things like, nah, don't do that. Um, so I think that's important. And um, just continuously, you know, trying to make sure that you're available and making sure that you're available for you for folks. Don't be that person that calls you and say, hey, I just called to check on, see how you were doing and then go into all about what you're talking I'm like, you didn't call to check on me. You didn't ask me one question. So I think there are a lot of um, opportunities for those relationships and you can be, and you can build them. It just takes a little bit of time. Okay. And um, the, the question I, that I wanted to ask was if you don't build those relationships, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're, you're, you know, you typically you go to work hard, your coffee, you're on your computer, put your head down, working at your nine to five, get up, badge out, drive home, right? And you don't interact with anybody, you don't talk to anybody, you know, you just go in, do your stuff, leave. And pretty yeah. much you do all day, right? So what is what are the, what's the downside of of not talking to individuals and not trying to reach out and open yourself up and have this communication? Like what are the downsides of that? Brandon who? Exactly. Brandon, what does he do? What does he do? I have an opportunity. What about Brandon? Who is Brandy? That guy that sits over there by himself that, I oh, don't know, he's weird. You know, and I say that jokingly, but the point is no one will know what you have to offer if you don't engage and share. So I think it's important that you take the time to engage with people, share what your, share your gifts, share your resources. And I'm not talking about your money, but your brain power, that's why they hired you. Show them that you have something that you can contribute. And I think that's intentional. Oftentimes for us black and brown and underrepresented groups, we want to get in the corner like we ain't talking to them. Not a good idea. Everybody needs to be in the, in the game so that we can all win together. And if you isolate yourself, you will probably have a slow moving career it takes multiple people in order to help lift you to all um, to that next letter. You know, what, I think what's the saying that's being floated around a lot about 
when the tides tides rise, all rise. You know, mm-hmm. everyone rises together when the lowest person is elevated. But you've got to make yourself available. And that's the thing. People are willing to help you. People are, are, are ready and able to help you. You know, they, they want to. I know from my experience, like they want to help out the younger engineers and stuff because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do as, as much work. So they want to push on the younger engineers and teach them and teach them the right way because they're the ones that will be the future of the company. And they want to make sure that, that you're very, very well prepared. And if you're not, then you, you they have no, no use for them. You have mm-hmm. no, no usefulness. Yep. That's important. So. Yes, uh, I was thinking about another question that I have. I think we've already covered it. Um, I think that would be it. Um, okay, so I do have one final question, right? Okay. About um, about building relationships, right? And you said that they you've had relationships that's that's, that's lasted for a very very long time, right? Um, how? How many people do you, would you say would be a good number of individuals to have to build relationships at your work, at your workplace? Like you may yeah. have one, you may have that one person that you always talk to. You may have about 10 individuals that you have a different rapport with. You know, you're friendly with everybody, talk to everybody, you know. So is it like five people, 10, 100? You know, how many effective relationships can you really have in the workplace? Well, you can't have that many because you have to do the work. Uh, <laughs> so you got to leave, leave some time. But I would say the effectiveness of the relationship and the number is really driven off of what you're trying to accomplish. There are a lot of doors that are closed. You want to make sure that any topic that's going to benefit you, you need someone with relationship with you in that room. So someone that opens the door, that's another relationship. Someone that checks you when it's off, you are off. You know, you you know, negotiate with your or contract with your colleagues. Hey, we're gonna go into this meeting. I'm really working on these behavioral things. Can you call me? Take notes, let's talk about it after the meeting and being open. Those are the people that you need. Um, and then there's some people you just enjoy eating lunch with. You know, everyone has value, but I don't think you need hundreds of them. Um, I, I don't because to keep up with it it's too much to nurture mm-hmm. um, so i think whatever you can manageably nurture you know where you can pour in and give some real um useful uh impact or contributions to that particular relationship that's what you do but you don't need everyone and sometimes people show up and they come in and they go out and they right. go, come in and they go out and so it's just like a wave and once they go out they're gone and they may come back and that's great Hot tide. Here they come back again. Right. right. Okay. Well, I think I think we've had a great discussion about this. I was, oh, it's also yeah. This is one final question I want to ask. Right. Okay. General, if we do, if I invite you to come back to the access point, would you come back? Yes, I would come back to the access point. This is fun talking to you, Brandon. Um, (laughs) uh, Before we go, can I share um, a couple of things? Oh, sure. Go ahead. ahead. Okay, and we're gonna go, but I'm you know. I hope I don't have to do anything copyrighted, but um, when I w- when Brandon asked me to come and talk about relationships, I'm like, hmm, that's a huge topic. But I think foundationally, our relationships are built off of our values. And so what you value is what you nurture. And we want you, my desire is that everything that you do aligns with your personal values because your values is an indicator of your character, which then is an indicator why people should trust you. 
So um, as I was thinking about as you're engaging with people, how do we engage in a way that is um, healthy? So all these people we know, remember, everyone does not is not there to serve you. Most people are there to serve themselves. And so I think about a, um, a sermon by Katie Jakes. We talked about the three kind of people in your life. And you can YouTube that, Google it. He talks about the confidants, the constituents, and the comrades. You really want to know who your confidants are, the ones that you will tell your deepest, darkest secrets, and they're there to help rally you out. Your constituents, the persons, they show up in the work. We're for the same thing. Let's, you know, something that's very positive. Let's have a day off. Yay, everyone do it. And then there are those comrades. You know, comrade is a battle term. Those are the people we're against the same thing. You will notice and recognize comrades, the, I, I think, the biggest. So situations go on at work. Everybody want to come around and talk about the boss. They want to bring you into it because they hate the boss. You hate the boss. Together, y'all hate the boss. That is not a relationship that you should get involved in because that one often blows up. Right. Okay? So I think I want to share that. And then also, uh, there are a couple of uh, business books that I would highly recommend. The first one is called Crucial Conversations. If you've ever had a chance to take this training, uh, it is great. It helps you get to the facts and shelve the stories and trying to make it more comfortable have those hard conversations. And then my other personal best favorite is this one, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And this is a fable about each person serves a role in the organizational dynamics that will affect the relationships. And so I really think that this is a great book. If you just need something, you probably would recognize yourself, your boss, your coworkers. But the goal is not to be naming people, just read it for full understanding. So those are the two resources that I'd like to offer. And if you want to go check out T.D. Jakes, I'm sure he appreciates me giving him a shout out. Uh, but definitely, that is a great sermon. And it really does take you from a you know spiritual perspective of how people operate. And I think it was a very great, uh, very good, um, good reference point. So, so thank you, Brandon, for having me. Oh, no, th thank you. Thank you. I know we've been in communication about doing this, and I greatly appreciate you getting on. Um, so, yes, we, we are on every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Uh, myself, Mike Gates, Tiffany Wadal Tate, and Julia Rocks. And we will see you guys next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you.